Amen. Always come to church expecting. Amen. Always, always set your expectancy to receive something. You know, uh, I'm going to continue where I left off last week. And because I believe it's so important. And I believe there's a lot of times there's a disconnect when it comes to belief and it comes to faith. We know the word says without faith, it's impossible to please God for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's why we are a heritage of faith because faith pleases God, but also realize that faith is what brings the will of God to pass in your life. Faith, if, if you're going to receive anything and everything that God has for you, it's going to be by faith. Amen. Second uh, Chronicles 20, I talked about this last week, how it says, believe the Lord your God and you will be established. And see, that's where a lot of the body of Christ, they, they believe in God, but, but a lot of times that's kind of just where they stay. Because the word goes on to say, believe in the Lord your God and you'll be established. Believe the prophets and you'll prosper. You see, see, yet belief is what, what brings me into the kingdom of God. And that's established me in the kingdom. But a lot of people never get beyond that because they're not, they don't know what God says. They, they don't receive what God has said. They don't know what God has said. They don't know his promises. They don't, they're not standing on his promises. So when you, when you believe, you know, Jesus said this in, in John chapter 14, and I dealt with this last week as well, and I'll get into some new things. Jesus said, he who has my commands... And keeps my commands is the one who loves me. Now think about that. That's a really a big disconnect in people's thinking because we always talk about God's love for us and we should. And that's something we need to constantly learn, grow and walk in. Amen. But he also says, he who has my commands and keeps my commands is he who loves me. Wow. So are you a one who has possessed his commands? Are you one that keeps his commands? Because that's, that lets you know that not only does he love you, but you love him. That's right. And get this, and it says that he will manifest himself to you. That's good. He will manifest himself to you. A lot of times we can cry out for more of God. God, I want to see more of your glory. God, I want to see you. God, I want to see you. But you know, he said, if you have my words and you keep my commands, I'm going to manifest myself to you. You know, and you, who is Jesus? He's the word. You see, so if you want to see the glory of God manifest in your life, not only do you need to declare it, but you need to realize you have to keep it. You have to walk in it. This is a journey that we're all walking. It's not about earning a place with God. You, you can't earn a place with God. You, when you believed on him, you were saved. But realize, if you want to prosper, it's going to take you doing the word. Amen? And so the series I began last week is, it's more than just a book. It's more than just a book. See, this, this, this word, this Bible, this, the app that you might have in your phone or the, bur, the, bur, the, the book that you might have uh, on your coffee table at home or thrown in the back floor, the back seat of your car, is more than just a book. It's more than just a history book. It's more than just a bunch of Bible stories. It's, it's more than just a bunch of tall tales. <laughs> this is life. D- don't look at this as just a book. Because Jesus said, if you have these, if you keep these, I will manifest myself to you. And people want Jesus to manifest himself in your life. Amen. Amen. We're we're stepping up to another level in the glory of God. Amen. 
We're stepping up into some new things. We're, we're stepping up into to things that God has desired for, for each one of us to walk in. But see, you have to see this as beyond just a book. Because see, if you just look at it as just a book and, you know, there's some good things in it. You know, there's a lot of cool stories, but, you know, they weren't really real. And, and if you just look at it like that, then what happens is you've just allowed the enemy to steal truth from you. Uh, you know, um, you know, Corey, it was in, when he was in college and he was in Austin at a university and he took this one class and, and, uh, and you may correct me later if I'm wrong, but it, it, he, he walked into the class and it was interesting and their, and their textbook for that class was the Bible. And um, he was like, okay, the Bible is our textbook. And he's like, this is interesting. And their whole assignment was to read the book of Job. That was their assignment. And pretty much the whole premise of the, this is a university class, all right? And the whole premise of the class was to pretty much disprove the Bible. That was the whole premise. Just read the book of Job. I mean, seriously, that's, <laughs> you're going to start with just, just the book of Job? And, but the thing is, 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 you know, the word is criticized. The word is persecuted. Your, you and I are persecuted because of the word of God. Christians are made fun of because of the word of God. And, and so if you, you heed what society may say about the word of God and you allow that to take root in your heart, then you'll look at it just like, well, it's just a bunch of good stories. There's some good things in there. Jesus was a good man and, and so forth. Then you'll lose the power of what this is about because this is so much more than just a book. So much more than just a book. If I believe in the Lord, my God, I will be established. But believe his prophets and you'll prosper. What's a prophet? A prophet in here in that connotation is not someone that's telling the, foretelling the future. A prophet is someone that speaks on behalf of God. Man, and this is 66 books written by over 40 authors over a 1,500-year period of time. And yet it all connects together. You know, I couldn't tell 12 of you. I couldn't tell one person a story and you tell 12 people and, and it, it match. But yet you have 40 people that were written, written over from different parts of, uh, of Europe. And, I mean, in Southern Europe and Northern Africa writing. And yet it all makes sense and all speaks to and points to a man called Jesus. You know, there's more manuscripts of the New Testament and the Old Testament than there are of Plato, Socrates, and Aristotle. But yet you have philosophy classes that are dogmatic about everything that these people say. But yet there's more manuscripts of the Bible that was written within 30 years of Jesus' lifetime. And yet for Aristotle and Socrates, it was 700 years. So who's more authentic? You want to talk about the Quran? There's, over, there's, there's 600 prophecies, prophecies in the Quran and over 200 of them never came to pass. You have 300 prophecies in the Old Testament and 300 of them came to pass. That are history. Archaeology proves this book. And the more they dig to try to disprove it, the more and more they find it. And then all of a sudden in 1948, the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. And all of a sudden, all these doubters were always just, no, they found the same thing. So the more they dig, the more they find the truth of what this is. Now think about it. If the Gospels were false, why would 
thousands of people, specifically eyewitnesses, be martyred for something that wasn't true. Whose history documented facts that Thomas was filleted and, and his skin was borne off and put in boiling water in India. These are documented facts. This isn't just stories. These are, these are facts written down. I'm telling you, this is more than just a book. It's the only book that's ever been outlawed, locked up, burnt, but yet still resurrects itself. Why were the dark ages called the dark ages? Because they try to get rid of this. Now, don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of te- wrong teaching out of this. There's been a long of a long. There's a lot of been a, uh, wars that should have never been fought because of this, because people didn't have the, the truth of what this meant. But realize it's more than just a book. Go to Second Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three. Hallelujah. Verse 14, it says, But continue thou in the things which you have learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them, and that from a child you had known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture, say all. All All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. You know, you could say this. The word inspiration means to breathe to breathe on. So all scripture is God breathe. All scripture is God breathe. And it tells us that it's profitable. So all scripture is God breathe and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. This word, the scripture, the book that you're holding in your hand, in your lap, in your phone, is profitable. Meaning it has the ability to bring increase to your life. We all like profit, right? So how come we aren't in this book more? If you like profit, get in this book. Because it tells me all scripture... Is God breathe and it's profitable for correction, <laughs> for reproof. See, a lot, you know, you get into church. Well, you know, we're in the New Testament. We just speak smooth things, right? <laughs> I said on Wednesday night ago, if you go to a church, you never feel corrected, then you're not hearing the word. If you go to the church and in God's presence and, and your heart is never saying, you know what? I need to make those adjustments in your life. Then you're never hearing the word because the bottom line of scripture is to do these things. It is for reproof, it's for correction, instructions in righteousness. But what's it for? That the man of God may be thoroughly furnished, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So the, the scripture is, is for me, it's breathed by God to, for profitable. So what? So I can be thoroughly furnished for every good work. This is more than just a book. 
Go to Hebrews chapter uh, 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. It says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So so here, everything that you see, everything that you handle, everything you touch, had its beginning through what? God's word. Everything that you see came into pass for something you couldn't see. That's really what the, the rest of that verse really is talking about. Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed. The word framed there, I wrote this down, word frame means to be complete thoroughly. So the world became complete thoroughly by what? The word of God. It means to repair. It means to adjust. It means to mend. It means to make perfect. It means to prepare. So we understand that the world was prepared by the word of God. We see that the, wor- that the, that the world was, was, um, was perfect by the word of God. The word was repaired by the word of God. See, the word of God is a, this, this book that you're holding, I said, is not just a book, but there is an unseen force in this book. Don't treat this book as optional. Don't treat this book as just a history book and something that doesn't matter in your life. This, this book, Hebrews, I mean, Proverbs says this, that, the, that he says, attend to my words, Vic. He's, and he says, he says that these words are life and health to all your flesh. Meaning, meaning, meaning this, this word is so much more than just letters on a page. It's, it, was, it was written down so much more than just little, little, little letters and, 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 and dots and, and little, little marks. It was so much more than that. It is God. God speaking to you is God, God speaking to me and as to what to bring profit to your life. The worlds were framed by the word of God. John chapter one says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God in the beginning was the word. Everything ends and begins with the word. This word. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 4. You don't need to turn there. It says, where the word of a king is, there's power. Where the word of a king is, there's power. And if there's power in the word of a king, what must God be? If there's power in the word of a king, what would be God's word? Power. See, this word is powerful. Hebrews 4, verse 12. I know I throw a lot of scriptures at you. Hebrews 4, 12 says the word of God is quick and alive. The word of God is quick. The word quick there means alive. The word is alive. Wow. The word is powerful. Man, take, take, just, just look at the word. Just, just look at your Bible, your phone, whatever you, you get the word from and just say, there's power in here. Hallelujah. And then say this. Let me unlock that power. See, the word power there is force. And some synonyms, of, easy for me to say, right? Synonyms. 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 guess that's why I'm a pastor, not an English teacher. Synonyms. 
Um, a force is horsepower. In other words, for force is impact, influence, potential. So if the word is power, it means the word is force. It means the word, there's potential in the word. There's influence in the word. Another word for force is momentum. Um, what's momentum? It's something that causes forward progress. Where the word is, there's power. Go to John chapter 3. Am I going too fast? <laughs> John chapter 3, where the word is, there's power. Don't look at these words on the page as natural words. Receive them as God's word for you. In John chapter 3, it says this in verse 31, it says, He that comes from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. Now get this. this want you to, now see this. This word isn't like our words. This book isn't like any other book. And it says, he that comes from above is above all. And he that's of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He that comes from above is above all. Now get this. And what he has seen and heard that he testifies and no man receives his testimony. What's he saying? He is saying, if you're of the earth, you only speak things of the earth. But he that came from above, the man that came from above did what? He heard things and he saw things and he testified to those things. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Jesus is the word made flesh. Right? And so he that came from above, what he saw and what he heard, he declared to you and I. So when he declared something, what was he declaring? He was declaring what? God's word. What does a prophet do? They declare God's word. Let's keep reading. It says, verse 30 says, he that hath received his testimony has set his seal that God is true. Meaning when you receive what Jesus said and when you receive the word of God, what are you doing? You're saying, God, you're true. You're, you're making a declaration because I believe the word of God. I'm declaring what God said is true. The next verse says this, for he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. Now think, he that God sent speaks the words of God. I'm telling you, this word isn't like any other word. There was something different about God's word. See, when we talk about what Jesus spoke, we're talking about what he saw and what, we, what he heard. When we talk about what Jesus spoke and we talk about the word of God, we're talking about, you know, the scripture, he only did what he saw the father do. And he only said what he heard the father say. So when Jesus said something, he was saying words of God, right? But see, these words are different. I mean, there was times when, when, when they, they would come to Jesus and, and they would say, they would say, man, man, there's no one that has words like his. There's something about his words that even the wind and the seas obey him. See, when he was speaking God's word, it was, wasn't something that was coming from the natural Jesus, but it was coming from the spirit of God that was on the inside of Jesus. 
There was things that they would say. It said there was a time, I think it was in Matthew 8, I believe, it said that he cast out the spirit with his what? Word. There's something different about God's word. When the disciples were on the road to Damascus coming after his resurrection and Jesus was talking to them, it said, man, he goes, didn't our hearts burn within us when he explained to us the holy scriptures? Meaning there's something different about his word. There's something different about this word. Go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. Thank you, Father. 1 Peter chapter 1. I hope I'm not rushing. But 1 Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. Verse 22. It says, Seeing you have purified your souls... In obeying the truth. Meaning they, they were purified, or you could say they were changed because they did what they obeyed the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Verse 23 being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Being born again, not of corruptible. What is, what is something that's corruptible? Meaning it has defects. It has a lifespan. It has a beginning, has an end. Being born again. You see, there's something about this word. See, this word is so vital to your life. You know what? You know, you wouldn't be born again if we didn't have the word. Because you wouldn't know anything about salvation if you didn't have the word. You you couldn't place your faith in or on anything if you didn't have the word. Our life uh, as as believers is all established upon this word. And and, and you can't can't say, well, I want to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it could be true and it might not be true. Because if it's not, then, then, hey, you're going to hell. Because the bottom line is our salvation is established upon there's there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. That's the whole bottom line of our salvation, that, that we were in sin, that we needed a Savior. And so if we did not have the Word of God, then you know what? None of us would ever be saved. Everything we do is built upon this Word. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be standing for prosperity. You wouldn't be standing for healing if we didn't have the Word. Everything we do is built out of this Word. And it tells us, it says, being born again, not of corruptible but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And what are we saying? Man, there's power in this word. We see that there's life in this word. We see that this word is without defect. Being born again, not of corruptible, but be of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Man. Lives and abides forever. I believe it's Psalms 119, 80, uh, 84, 86. It talks about how his word, it says, it says his word is settled in heaven. Matthew 24, verse 35, Jesus said, it said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. There, there's life in this word. 
Don't see this is not just a book. Man, there's power in here. There's life in here. It's without defect. Verse 24 says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower thereof falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you. The gospel that was preached to you, that this word, you were born again. And this word, it lives and abides forever. Part of the gospel is understanding that this, this gospel was preached. Well, how do you preach the gospel without words? Right? And it and it's lives and abides forever. This is more than just a book. Don't let someone shortchange you out of that. Don't let the enemy say, well, I can't understand that. It doesn't make sense to me. You know, I had to do that because I did the same thing. I got into the word. I got bored. I got in the word. It didn't make sense. I got into the word. And I finally, I heard someone say this. And, and, and I always got to this place, got to the, finally got to the place where I went to the word. And, and I would say, Father, I thank you that I hear your voice. And a stranger voice I don't follow. Father, I thank you that you've given me the Holy Spirit. To reveal all truth to me. So I, as I got, get into this word, I thank you that I received the power from it. I received the life from it. I received the correction from it. I received faith from it. Don't, don't set yourself up with negative words saying, I can't understand that. It doesn't make sense to me. No, that's the enemy talking. Because he understands the power of God's word. Hallelujah. Go to Psalms 119. And Luke chapter 1. Psalms 119. This is more than just a word. Have a hunger for the word. I prophesy over you that you have a hunger for the word. Hallelujah. That you have a hunger. For the truth of God's word. Because his words are not like any other words. So we see that God's word is power. We see that there's life in it. We see that there's no defect in it. Now, Lord brought this scripture across my path this week. Psalms 119 verse 96. In the Amplified. And it says, I have seen that everything human has its limits and end. No matter how extensive, noble, and excellent. So here the psalmist is writing. He goes, I see, I see everything human, everything natural. And when I look at it, I see that it has limitations and an end. And it doesn't matter how great it is. It doesn't matter how noble or how extensive it is. It says, but your commandments, your commandment is exceedingly broad and extends without limits. Man, think about that. Here the psalmist is writing. He goes, you know what? I've watched everything in the natural, and I see that it has an end, and it has limits, and it doesn't matter how great it is. But he says, psalmist saying, but when I look at your commands, it's broad, it's extensive, and it doesn't have limits. See, the very, the enemy has tried to buy in, people buy in the fact that the word of God is sent to limit the believer's life. 
well, I can't do this, I can't do that, you can't do this, and thou shalt not, and this, and that. And the enemy's always tried to place negatives on everything you can't do. Instead of, really, let's focus on the life it brings, the power it brings, the strength it brings, the promises it reveals, the anointing it delivers, the bodies that it heals, the faith that it builds. Because, see, the word was sent by God to make you unlimited. The word of God is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, Hebrews says. And get this. It says it divides between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, thoughts and the intents of the heart. So when the word of God is spoken and the word of God it preaches, what it happens, it divides between what's God and what's not. It divides between what was and what should be. It divides between God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. It divides between lack and prosperity, sickness and disease. It divides between bondage and freedom. The word is alive. The issue is we have to start looking at the book as a priority. And as something that is what it is. And nothing less than what it is. Now go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Actually, there's verse 34. And the Amplified says, And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no intimacy with a man or a husband? So what are we seeing here? Mary is saying, How can what you have said to me come to pass? So really what she's saying is, how can God's word come to pass seeing that I don't have a husband? You see, what it's referring to, he's referring to limitations. This, that Mary was looking at her limitation. How can I do this because I don't have that? And often we can find ourselves in that same boat is, I see what God says, but God, you don't see what I see. But remember, the word is, is unlimited. Everything in the natural has its limits, but God is unlimited. The word is unlimited. So when God spoke to her, all she could see was her lack and all she could see was her limitation. How can this be seeing I don't have a husband? But God always wants to speak to your limitation and cause you to come up higher. God never wants to leave you in the bottom. He never wants to leave you where you are. If you are where you are, more than likely, when, if, I, if I was in a situation more than likely is because I was choosing to stay in that situation. Or I'm settling for the situation. Or I want to continue to repeat the situation. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Man. But he said, but then, the, then this is, then the angel said to her. See, God always wants to speak to where your limitations are. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the holy thing which is born of you will be called the Son of God. And listen, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is now the sixth month with her who was called barren. Now, who's all saying this? 
a messenger of God, right? So we could say it's words from God, right? Not taking anything away from that. And then the angel says this, in the King James it says, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. And and my initial thought when I read the word nothing, I think, okay, that means everything is possible, right? True, but not true. True, but not true. Can cows fly? Maybe if God wanted them to. Or maybe if one was coming right at you, maybe an angel could pick it up and make it fly. I don't know. Um, you know, can, typically, can anyone walk on water? No. But yet when Jesus said, come, Peter was able to walk on water. He had to come out on what? Not, his, not, not himself or his own word, but he had to come out on God's word. So, so is everything possible with God? No. No. <laughs> now, I, my heart, I'm a pastor and I like to preach, but I, I, I'm a teacher. And so I, let's look at this word nothing for a moment. And I, I'm going to put it up on the screen so you can see what this word nothing actually is. The word nothing, you see arrows going up. And so there's actually three words, and I'm not Greek, so I can't pronounce two of the words, but all pas rhema. So a lot of us know what rhema is, right? We know rhema is what the spoken word, right? So the word nothing here is actually made up of three Greek words, no pas rhema. And so really what is being said here is that what comes to pass are the things that God says. Not everything. So when it says nothing shall be impossible with God, what it's saying, everything that God speaks, when he speaks it, it has the power to come to pass. See, his word is not like everyone else's word. And this is the way I defined it. It says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible. It amplifies this. And no word from God shall be without power or possibility of fulfillment. So no word from God is without the ability to come to pass. So can everything come to pass? No. It's what he speaks comes to pass. It's what he's promised comes to pass. It's what his word says. So if you can find it in his word, you can stand on it. It, it, It's not everything you lusted after. It's not everything that you lied, cheated, and stealed for to get. But everything is possible with God. Why? Because his word is without power to come without. His, his word within it has the ability to come to pass. Does that make sense? Now, I'm a firm believer. All things are possible to him that believes. But what does my belief have to be based on? The word of God. Is based on what he said. So when the angel was speaking to Mary. And Mary all of a sudden got the revelation of it. Because what the angel was saying wasn't for, for, for with God nothing is impossible. What Mary heard was, was when God speaks something it comes to pass. So what did Mary say? And Mary said behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to what? Your word. And the angel departed and left her. Telling you, this is so much more than a book. Yes. 
It's God's word speaking to you, causing you to think different, live different, act different, raise your children different, treat your wife different, treat your husband different, work different, operate your business different, love different, have, have, have a different kind of joy, have a different kind of peace, have a different kind of freedom. Man, this word is so much more than just a book. Give me five more minutes. Go to James, James 1. And I'll, I'll, I'll pick, up, pick up next week. There's no way I can finish. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for the word that, that this is placed in my life. But I'm also grateful for the word that Dr. Savell has planted in my life. Amen. You know, Ms. Carolyn, I tell them the, the, the truth about the word. It's the word. It's the word. Everything comes back to the word. The word. The word. Hallelujah. I'm in Titus. That's not going to help us right now. James 1, verse 17. It says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light. And the Amplified says, In the shining of whom there can be no variation, rising or setting, or shadow cast by his turning as in an eclipse. So there's every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. If it's not a good gift, it didn't come from above. It says it comes down from the Father. It comes down from the Father. Verse 18 says, And it was his, of his own free will. Who is he here? The Father. So you say, And it was the Father's free will that he gave us his birth. Meaning, it was his free will. Meaning, it was his heart's desire. It was out of the, the overflow of the Father's love. Out of the overflow of the Father's love, he gave birth to us by his what? Word of truth. Wow. So that we should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures, a sample of what he created to be consecrated to himself. Meaning he, he created you and I, and he gave birth to us so all humanity could see what his original intent was in the beginning. Verse 19, understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear. Quick to hear. Quick to hear what? The word of truth. Quick to hear the word of truth. There's too many people talking and not enough people listening. And, and receive. understand, my beloved brethren, let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to take anger. For man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. What is he saying here? He's saying, look, and, I, and the Lord gave this to me one, uh, years back. He said, he goes, man's ways don't get God's results. So I could say it this way. Man's words don't get God's results. See, he's saying, be, sl he's saying, be quick to hear and slow to speak. Why? Because you want God's results. Do you want God's results? I don't know about you. I want God's results. And if I want to want God's results, then you know what? Then, then I have to be quick to hear and slow to speak. 
He says, because man's anger does not promote the rights of God. Meaning, means man, if I'm going to be angry, then what I'm, I'm operating on man's word and not God's word. So if I allow anger to infiltrate my life, then I'm not going to get God's results. And then he says this, wherefore, meaning because of that, because man's ways or man's words don't get God's results. He's saying, wherefore, he says, lay apart, meaning do away with something. Lay apart your, the filthiness, the superfluity and the naughtiness <laughs> and receive the meekness. And there's not words we use in Texas or, or Maryland for that fact. Um, so get rid of these things. So get rid of man's ways of doing things. And, and what? And receive with meekness. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. Receive with a humble heart. See, when you make a decision to say, you know what? This word is truth. That's a humble heart. But when you say, you know what? I don't know if that word is true or not. It's from all kinds. I can't understand. It's crazy. That's not, a, that's not a humble heart. That's not teachable. And receive with meekness the engrafted word. Now get this. Which has the, ab- the ability. Which is able. Which is able. The word able there is ability. Meaning this word that you receive with meekness has power within it to save your soul. Now, get this. It didn't say cause you to go to heaven. See, your spirit, man, was born again and saved. Your soul has to be renewed. Your mind, your will, and emotion have to be renewed. Make sense? See, it's your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So we say this has the ability to change how you think, how you act, and how you live. So what I want you to walk away with this morning is realize this is more than just a book. I want you to walk away realizing that there's power in this word, life in this word, strength in this word. There's no defect in this word, that this word has no limitations. And the last thing I want you to receive is receive, receive this as God's word. Amen. Amen. You receive this this morning. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you that we're coming up to another level with your word. And Father, I thank you as your word comes forth in weeks to come. I thank you that we will grow and increase and expand in every area of our lives. We are tired of, uh, of living the way we all, we've always lived. So as a body of believers, Father, we choose to step in and, and, and receive this word as a word from you. I declare our lives will never be the same again. I declare, Father, that that we're coming up not just with information, but we're coming up with revelation. Father, I thank you that, that as we get into this word, we will hear your voice. As we get into this word, we will receive revelation. As we get into this word, it will change how we live, how we treat others around us. I thank you that we will lay aside the hindrances. We will lay aside every weight and sin that besets us. We will lay aside our offenses. We will lay aside the, the, the people that, that, that hurt us or the people that did us wrong, Father. And, and we will lay hold of your word. Because your word is our point of freedom. Your word is our, is our foundation of faith. Your word is the strength to our lives. I thank you, Father, for a hunger, hunger for the word. 
a hunger for the word to permeate our hearts. Father, I thank you for showing us your glory. Show us your glory. I thank you that we will see your goodness in your word. We will see your power in your word. Hallelujah. We will see your presence in your word. And Father, I thank you as we hear your word, as we keep your word. I thank you as John 14 says, I thank you that you will manifest yourself in our lives. The glory is manifesting here. The power of God is manifesting here. The strength of God is manifesting here. Healings are manifesting here. The anointing of God is manifesting on lives. I thank you that marriages are coming up. Thank you, Father, that, that love is abounding in marriages. Thank you, Father, that that, that increase in wisdom is, is coming up, Father, and how we operate in our finances. I thank you, Father, because you said in your word, if we would believe on the Lord our God, we would be established. And if we believe the prophets, we would prosper. So as we lay hold of this word as prophecy to us, I thank you that it's causing us to come up, come up, come up, come up, come up. Hallelujah. Come up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come up. Thank you, Father. Come up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I prophesy over you this morning that you were more than you ever thought you could be. Hallelujah. You are more than whatever you thought you could be. You're not what everyone else called you. You're what I've called you. Hallelujah. You, you are, you are more than enough. You are more than capable. I have placed my, my gift in you. I've placed my word in you and that word will not come back void. Hallelujah. Thank you, father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, father. Thank you, father. We thank you for the victory in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Just if you have your Bible, your phone, just put it like this. Uh, just say, Father, I love your word. And if you don't, just say, Father, I want to love your word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, thank you, Father. His word. Not just words on a book. So much more than a book. Amen. Thank you, Father. God is faithful. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Mm.